You're listening to Tay Talk, the podcast, where we speak the unofficial guide of living your best life. Each episode, we dive into social views of how young adults should live their lives, and then we break them. Get ready, because Tay is about to talk. Here's your host, Taylor J. Mitchell. Hello, 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 beautiful people. It's your girl, Taylor J. Mitchell, and we are back on another episode of Tay Talk Into the Unknown. I am so excited for the woman who is going to be blessing our ears with wisdom, gems, and just their life story of how amazing they are in with the bit um, with the many unknowns that they have that she has faced. And I am proud to introduce this woman because not only is she just someone I look up to, she is someone that I call mommy. Please give it up, friends, for my mommy, Dory S. Massey Toure. How are you, Taylor? And everyone. And everyone that's me. I'm doing um Fantastic. Tell God, thank you. Tell God, thank you. You know, I met someone who is Sierra Leonean and he, he was like, I think he tried to challenge me. Cause you know, I, I start off telling people that I'm Sierra Leone until they really asked me. And he was like, how do you body? I said, the body be fine. No, no, it's the body. I don't even forget. The body fine. The body fine. I do body. The body fine. Okay, so I do want to give a disclaimer before we go further into this episode. Audio may not be the best just because we are, as you may know, as some of you may know, my mom is located in Sierra Leone, Sierra Leone, West Africa. So Freetown, Sierra Leone. And we are definitely on two different time zones. And also there might be a little audio discrepancy, but we are going to fight for our best. Oh, why'd you make that face? Is that not the word I should have used? I don't think so. An audio, audio discrepancy. I don't know. It might work. I don't know. <laughs> you may be using words that belong in places. No, I, I'm getting better though. I think I'm getting better. You got that from your papa. My grandfather. But yes, so there might be some audio disruptions, but let's use that disruptions, audio disruptions, but bear with us. We're going to make it work and hopefully, you know, you'll be able to hear everything because I am 100% this woman has all the gems for us this episode. Awesome. All right. So mom, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm doing, doing awesome. Um, in the middle of packing and trying to, um, what's it called, uh, minimize things, um, um, trying to give away things before we leave out of here. We're leaving in a couple of days, so I'm doing I'm doing pretty good. Um, Where are you going to? So I am going back to America for a couple of months. Wow. See you and the rest of the family and take care of some things. <laughs> I'm going, going back, back <laughs> to America, America, 
<laughs> oh my God. exactly yeah and it and it from it looks like a lot of goodies are waiting for me a lot of things have happened uh, that I, I don't think that I, I would ever have thought that would occur in my lifetime so I'm going um, back into that so um kind of I was excited at first but the events of the last couple of days kind of got me down so but nevertheless I'm pushing through and I will be there oh well mommy I'm my heart's with you you got it pushing through so what time is it over there mom it's two o'clock we're four hours ahead of um of you of eastern standard time oh wow just four mm-hmm. that's because wow, you sprung four, four I felt like when it was I went... five okay Okay. So I was like, even when you went, it was, when you came, because you came around this time last year, we were leaving about this time. So even when you came, were here, it was four hours. I know my time hop was like, showed me my picture at Lester Peak. And I was like, oh, wow, that was a year ago. Good Lord. All right, mom, let's get into the episode. So as you all may know, it's weird saying this because I'm still in the unknown but I'm finding joy and I'm finding happiness within this journey, as I mentioned in the last check-in. But this podcast is for those who are going through the unknown, who are in their young 20s, early 30s, just trying to figure out what is it that I want to do or what is my purpose, all of those things. And in the beginning of this podcast, like I said, I was frantic. I just didn't know what I wanted to do. And I found healing in listening to other people's stories of their journeys in the unknown and how they're battling it or how they conquered it, all of that. And I knew when I first started this podcast that I had to get my mother on here because she is a warrior of the unknown, I feel, and many of the aspects that the unknown may serve to her. And I I personally am grateful that I have her to feel and give me wisdom and gems on things that come to me out of nowhere sometimes. And I just thought it would be just as big as a blessing for you all to experience this too. So we're going to get right on in how this episode is going to be. We're just going to talk all about my mama um, from the beginning to where she is at now, because like I said, she will give you the testimony of the unknown. So mom, Let's get started. What are your other titles other than mom? Um, I am mom. I am sister. I am daughter, niece. Um, not grandma yet. Um, well, I am. I am grandma. I guess if we, if um, yeah, I would be a grandma, step grandma. So I don't want to. Oh, I was about to say to who. Girl. <laughs> I'm a business owner. I am a. I, I I really am a business owner. I am. I. I guess I. I guess that's it, right? Yeah. Yep. If that's you're a business owner, a mom, a niece, a wife, a granddaughter. A sister. So, what is your business? What do you own? 
I have um, two, we have two separate businesses. Um, my husband started Stafford Lodge. Um, his nickname is Stafford, so this is why he's called Stafford Lodge. Um, and uh, it's like a small hotel um, in Freetown, Sierra Leone. And from uh, just working at this home, had a lot of gems that, that people just didn't know about. The, the historic, the history of Sierra Leone, I think it was was untold. It's just like um, everybody knows Sierra Leone for their blood diamonds or their diamonds, but nobody talks about the the history or just the untouched natural beauty here. The the, the mountains. It's called Sierra Leone, the land of the mountains, right? The land of the lion, but really it should be land of mountains also, because everything is. It's just mountains. It's just beautiful. I mean, you're, you can't even describe how beautiful this is, um, how beautiful this place is. Um, the beaches are beautiful. Just to drive anywhere outside of um, Freetown is just really, I mean, it's just mind boggling. And I don't think that anybody can take a picture with a, cam a camera and just so that you would be able to to really get the gist of how how beautiful this place is which is such so beautiful Elaine because like she said I till this thing you you know I love to travel I have yet to come across an ocean as beautiful um come across a beach of course as beautiful as the beaches I visit while I was in Freetown last summer I mean, the water, so pure, the sand, so pure on your feet. I mean, there's this one beach we went to, I can't even remember, but it was way out, way out of Freetown. And there was like a, a like little piece of, I don't even, I don't know if I want to call it an island. I'll call it an island just for the lack of wor words, but a middle place in the middle of the water that you could swim to and then walk on and the sand would literally just melt in your feet. Like it just was so serene. I, I go there every time I need like a happy place, but yes, Salon has so many hidden gems and it sucks because, you know, in America, you're shown this depiction of Africa as being just like this wasteland or nothing there. And being in Sierra Leone, like you said, with all these hidden gems, you see everything. You see beauty. You see beauty. Now I want to know, we're kind of going backwards, but it's okay because we're going to build ourselves back up to where you just left the, you just left us off at. I want to go back to young Dory, childhood Dory. Now would, would childhood Dory ever believe you if you said you're going to go live in Africa for the rest of your life when you get older? <laughs> I wouldn't even have to go back to childhood Dory. I would go back to 30-year-old Dory, 35-year-old Dory, even maybe even 40-year-old Dory, right? To say that I'm going to move to Sierra Leone, leave Taylor, leave Kobe, leave my mom, leave my dad, just leave America, period. No. I would not know. No, 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 no. 
no. I would tell them, no, you're crazy. If they would bet me a million dollars, I probably would be like, okay, yeah, bet me a million. No, I never, I never for foreseen this in my future. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> No. Go. <laughs> no. And it's only funny because not only would that be a very big no, and you'll learn throughout the conversation. My mom is terrified of flights. She does not like flying. And the flight to Africa is about 12 to 16 hours. So like you can't not only like flying you have to love it because you was in the air I literally when I flew there I was like why are we still in the air (laughs) oh my god you don't watch 15 movies we don't watch 15 (laughs) movies I don't have I don't I don't finally got up to use the restroom because I have a big thing about not moving while the plane is moving oh my goodness (laughs) so growing up what did you want to be when you were young mom it's funny because I'm growing up I definitely thought that I love the library I definitely wanted to be something like an archaeologist I would definitely be I would I would be that little kid that would be in the backyard like digging for fossils stuff like that fascinate fascinated me anything that deals with history uh the past and I think like Looking back on it, all of that is what I'm basically doing now. It's all coming full circle. Like, no, I didn't go to school to be an archaeologist, or no, I'm not a person that's digging up fossils, but it's like the things that I am uncovering here and being able to put it in a, in a place or a way where... Um, put it in a way that I can present it and show it to other people, I think is a is along that line to do research and then show like, hey, this is what I'm seeing. This is what I'm observing. Um, so I think it's all come full circle. But yeah, as a little kid, no, I mean, but that to me was the biggest part, maybe a teacher. But then I think when I got older, I was like, I don't think I have patience to be a teacher, to be around kids. But just something like that. Um, archaeologist, librarian, definitely. I want to be a librarian. I love the library. So that that's probably something that young Dory wanted to be. Well, that is really cool how your younger self and the Dory you are now intersects with each other because that's pretty much well one not even salon hit the gyms but that is who you are my mom will look up anything in a minute and give you facts <laughs> will give you like you know how you send your friend tiktoks about things that are funny she'll send you tiktoks about history and it's like i really did not ask for this please stop sending me stuff so she this is that she finds amusing very much so very much so so that's 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 just really cool how you were able you were able to intersect those two so growing up as a child growing up with it seems like so librarian archaeologist when do you think that first I guess that first thought of what you wanted to be changed or if it never did change Mm -hmm. I think my 
the older that you get, you start thinking like, okay, what's going to make me money, right? So as an adult, what's going to make me money? And I and I felt like I was pretty good at math. I, I, I pretty much like math as well. And so I saw a thought, um, okay, well, I'll be an accountant. I'm good at math. I like math. So let me go into accounting. Math and accounting has nothing, it has nothing to do with each other. It does not, I should have probably went into being like a, a statistician or something like that to work with numbers. Accounting is something completely crazy. So, but anyway, so I went in, um, thought, you know, maybe I need to do to be an accountant. So, and I almost uh, basically was something like an accountant, but I don't think it was anything that was really fulfilling um, for me, but I think that's probably when they change. I think life, I think a lot of times life happens to people. And then, so you start trying to, you kind of twist into what, into a happy place or to a comfortable spot for you. And I think that's what happened to me a lot of times um, with my journey on my path. Yeah, you talk about how as you got older, you start to think what was making you money, but then what would make you money? But then you also said, well, the jobs that I was going after, like being an accountant, because I love math, which would make you money, it wasn't fulfilling. And I think that's ironic because you're very big as a mom, I feel stressing about to me and Jacoby that money does not revolve around happiness. Mm-mm. It is not. And I don't think like at first, you know, growing up, and I still argue with adults about this too, but growing up, I'd be like, what? Money is everything, you know? If when people get money, they're happy. And then now being older, I'm like, yeah, you get happy, but it goes just as fast. And then you got to find it again to get happy. And if you just consistently chasing this money, there's nothing happy within you. The money is what's happy that you're trying to go after. And I think you're just you're always big about that. And before I get, cause I was definitely going to be like, okay, explain Africa. But I think there's a little bit, there's some more, there's some more milestones before we get to Africa. Right. Right. And just to touch on what you're saying is what, what I said to you about like every, like you were a straight A student. And so everybody assumed, oh, you will be a lawyer or you will be a doctor, right? But I can tell that your passion and the way your personality was is that you were always singing. I don't know of any two-year-old that knew the whole choreography of of Barney, of all the Barney tapes, right? And, but you did. Um, Any movie that you would watch, you could recite it. I mean, so at an early age, you were exuding your gift, your talent. So why would I push you into a career just because of money, knowing that that would not make you happy? And I I stand by that, that if it makes you happy, you will find a way to make a living to, and to be happy in that because you're doing what you were born to do. And I think that is what brings me a lot of grief here in Sierra Leone because they don't have that type of opportunity that somebody may be talented just like you or any other person because there's not an avenue for them to um, show that talent. It is It saddens me because I just feel like the world is probably missing out 
on the next Carrie Washington, the next Taylor Mitchell, because they're put in a box. Like you have to be able to do one or the other, either agriculture or I don't know, nursing, whatever they feel that will make them money. But, and I just, it just hurts me because I know that that their ideas and their creativity just doesn't stop. Um, just because they're here, I know that these, I just know it's here. And I know that, and, and, and that saddens me because there's other ways that you can make money, you can stimulate an economy, all of these different things that they just have the avenues. So it kind of saddens me. But I'm sorry for getting off topic, but that is what I wanted to tell you and your brother, that if you can do what you're happy at doing, the money will come to you. It doesn't matter if you are some big hotshot lawyer or not, the money will come to you. And as long as you're content with what you have, you don't have to continue just to keep searching for money, just get in a place where you're happy and you can be content. So that's what I meant by you know, money, don't be chasing money or whatever. And it's so true. Oh my goodness. It's so true, mom. I'm literally living all Mm -hmm. of that, you know, just after quitting substituting and thinking that I was not, I was going to have to have all these jobs where Mm -hmm. really all of my, the jobs that I do have, everything that I do, I enjoy doing it. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. Um, And it's rare for a lot of people to say that, but, and I agree with, you know, just visiting Sierra Leone and just seeing some of the little kids there and some of their little talents that they just think as little talents, but thinking like, oh, I can see why when people come to America, they're like, this is the dreamland because you can't, you know, there's different avenues of making those dreams come true versus some of the, versus some of the countries outside of America. And yeah, ugh. No, and that's what I was going to say, too. I was, <laughs> you said Taylor Mitchell, and I was thinking in my head, don't forget the J that you birthed me with. <laughs> Taylor Johnne <laughs> Mitchell. All right. But no, yeah, I, I feel that, Mommy. I really do. Going on to you becoming accountant, because you went to school. You went to, you went to college to become an accountant, right? hmm Okay, tell us about that. Where did you go to school at? I went to Alabama State University. Whoop, whoop. Anyway, yes, I went there, but I did not finish. I um was blessed with a little person that <laughs> and I went home and did not come back. So into the unknown into the unknown, but I wouldn't trade it for anything, but I think everything happens for a reason. I really, I mean, if you, I know people probably wouldn't understand, but I just really look back at at that time that everything happens for a reason. I think um, as you grow, you look at things completely differently. And I think when I became a mom, I definitely looked at things completely different. I think when I went to Alabama State, I had just forgot. (laughs) Just, I don't know. I just think, hmm, I just think, um, like I had said before, I have my, my family is everything. My mom and my dad, they are everything to me. 
I am completely loved, right? So, but I think like when I went to college, I don't know, I just think like, I was I was a child that, a person that I can spend a night in nobody's house. Uh, I wouldn't say my parents were strict, but I- Very protective. Very protective, yes. And <laughs> I, I probably I probably lived a shelter life, but not so sheltered. I just think like when I went to, so far away, I just, ugh. To the point, to the point you all, when my mom went to move, when she told my grandmother she moved, she was moving to Africa, my grandmother literally lost it. She still loses it. If it wasn't for iPhones, she probably wouldn't be okay with her being this far away at all. But yes, because I, I think I was talking to Morning the other day and I was like, oh, you wouldn't let her go there. She said, I don't know them people. <laughs> I don't know them people. She's not going nowhere. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> but and this is a part two of, of of our history if you look at me I'm the first generation that's born with all of my rights right um my mom grew up in the segregated south where you kept your kids close right and so she grew up and she raised me that way and I think like when I went to Alabama State it was, I don't know. I just was. It wasn't, it, we, everyone who was listening, mom can relate when you get to college and it's funny. It's we, me and my friends always say, it's like your, your pre-adult freedom. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, I can do this. <laughs> like when I was, when the last episode talking to Rosie and just us going over some of the events we did in college. I was like, we was outside. Mm-hmm. Like we was just doing things. We didn't mm-hmm. have to ask no permission. Mm-hmm. We ain't had, we just left. And, yeah. you know, coming from high school and going straight to college where, you know, you're used to your parents like, hey mom, I'm going over me aunt's house tonight. Or, hey mom, we're going to go see a movie. It was just like, oh, the person I'm asking, can I go somewhere is me. <laughs> okay <Right. Back. laughs> so no yeah when you get there like it's a whole nother set of boundaries you have to you have to give yourself mm-hmm. or you'll lose yourself yeah I feel that right and I also I just I mean like you said I just I am I'm 100% taking responsibility for everything but and yes that's where I went and I did study accounting um but I was able to still, based on the amount of time that I did um, go to college, I was still able to get good jobs that was able to, to sustain us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so with that being said, but I wouldn't trade anything. I think I wouldn't trade anything, not, not anything, not, not one thing. So you had me. I was a little person. You Mm -hmm. had me at Alabama State, your junior year, right? Yeah, like junior going to senior. Yes, exactly. Yes, because I don't really have that many credits to to finish. Like, I just need to go back there. Like, when I I need to come home in the summer and then just go to Alabama State and finish so I could say I graduated from, from that school. I really do need to do that. I think one day I will do that. 
because I really, really don't have that many. But anyway, go ahead. Ask your question. Yeah, I mean, no, you have, look, you, God willing, you have a long time. So you can definitely, you can definitely make that happen. So you had me junior year. What unknown were you facing then? Because you're in Alabama Uh by yourself. Mom, morning's not there. Morning is my grandmother you're raising me well morning did come down I think when I was born but pretty much you're raising me in a state in a city that you are unfamiliar with while still trying to go to school right what brought were brought from that I really did not stay I think I, I think when my mom left um she stayed with me a couple of months after that I don't think I really stayed that long after my mom left I think um when she went back to Ohio I think you and I probably we probably wasn't I wish I would have wrote this date down but it say she left February you were born February 9th so say she left March 9th we were probably back in Ohio like March 23rd oh she only stayed a month <laughs> she's yeah she stayed like a month she got me situated and, and settled so she stayed like a month yes Oh, mm-hmm. I've always thought she stayed long, stayed longer than that. No, mm-mm, no, it was like shortly after that, we, me and you were gone. We were headed back. So she came in, she came and got us. So now going, moving back to Ohio with me, a barely, barely two months, well, barely one month, to be honest. What was like your thoughts going back? Like, was there a plan? Like, okay, this is what I'm going to do now, or this is the new track of my life, or were you just like, here we go into the unknown, let's do it? No, I think at that time, I think I was really, really tired. Um, I didn't know what to do. I think I don't. I, I I think like it was just that out. It was home. It was love. It was security. It was everything. It was foundation. And I knew that I couldn't really give you that foundation the way that I was. And I think at the time I knew I needed help. So I had every intention of returning back to college, but life just happened, and I ended up staying, and I never returned. Um, so into the unknown that's so long ago it's just funny how you just put things you just wrap certain things neatly up in a box and you just put it in a corner somewhere but I know like I said my family foundation is strong and I think that when you when you have that type of love and you know and it's almost it's sad that whatever you do you know you have a home and I think that that allows people to take chances and I and I really it saddens me when people don't don't have that where you can take a chance and and fail and then come back home to to loving arms and and then just be like okay now I can go back out and try again okay well at that time that didn't work so let me come back again and of course, you can see that that this person, is, that your family is disappointed that you have let them down, but you know the love for they, that they have for you is unshaken, that they love you 
what is it called unconditionally so and I have that in my parents I have that in my parents even to this day that I feel like oh if this doesn't work out I still got my mom and my dad and that's a shame I'm almost 50 and I still feel that way so I can do things (laughs) and I can do things I mean (laughs) people would probably say I'm a spoiled brat but no I think I was just saying I was just talking about this to a friend mom I was like you can start over as many times as you want to Mm -hmm. you really can and I think because and girl you you said it so beautifully how mourning our grandparents most of our grandparents are pretty much coming out of segregation you what would you be a millennial? You're a millennial. No, no, I'm not a millennial. I forget what I, I think I'm generation X or something like that. I don't know, but I'm not millennial. Okay. And morning's a baby boomer, right? I believe so. Okay. So Gen X. So you all are the first to have your, to have all of your rights, mm-hmm. to have all your rights. I mm-hmm. mean, versus Roe versus Way being overturned, but <laughs> That's different. you were the first, right. To have all your rights. Mm-hmm. And, and so we look at things differently from a person right. that basically said, had to say, okay, because of the color of your skin, you have to go to the back of the bus. Because of your color of your skin, right. you can't drink from this water fountain. Uh, because of the color of, of your skin, you cannot go to the, to, you can't go to the bathroom like any other normal human. You're going to have to go find a bathroom. Um, I think we kind of like look at it like, oh, they created uh a for they created a um they created a bathroom for white people for white women and white men and then they also had a bathroom for black people no most times they're gonna have a white bathroom and a white for white women and one for white men black people are gonna have to either hold it go around the building or find find a place so she lived in an area where and she grew up in Anniston Alabama so she lived in an era in a place where she was dehumanized so and yeah. she carries that with her and it, and it's and with the same way like these people are still living where the people that benefited from my mom having to find a bathroom elsewhere um around the corner or outside or wherever where she was the person that was looked down upon it was other people that felt like superior by the color of their skin because they could go into this particular bathroom right so she lived in that era and though she and she knew that she wanted better for us she still remembered she still remembers how life was and and know that these people are still amongst us that had that carried that same sentiment and when the civil rights bill was passed in 1968 I think 1968 that when that bill was passed she still carries she still knows that those people are still there that fought tooth and nail for it not to be passed for us to still be segregated right so right and just going all to say that because of that you know we're often we often think growing up that you just have to make a way you have to make a way you can't restart you can't take a break you can't have these moments of I don't know what to do let me move back home Mm -hmm. where you can 
especially if you had a, a home that has cultivated that love for you, which I think, like you said, going every time I go back to Ohio, it's almost like the, what's the, um, what is, what is it in sorry, where it's like, go back to start and like, you have to start over again. You know, the game I'm talking no, about. No, I don't remember. I don't know. Sorry. Okay. Well, it's like a card. If you draw it, you have to go all the way back to start and start over mm -hmm. until like you get a card to get out. But like I've, when I'm in, when I'm at home in Ohio, it just feels like that, like all workload is lifted from me. I feel like I am 15 again, 14 again, 16 again in my room with no worries. And then there comes a point in the time in the, the vacation or the trip I am on while being there where I'm like, okay, I think I'm ready. I think I have a little bit of knowing of what I want to do, especially in the pandemic. Oh my goodness. That was so beautiful. But yeah, it's a, it's a start. It's a restart and get yourself back together. And I think we don't use it a lot because it's just looked upon so negatively. But and so, and when you, and when people do have that type of foundation, um, that family foundation, you are blessed. Like people always look at um, blessings or riches as money. But when you have that type of love, that unconditional love for you, for that somebody has for you knowing that you can do no wrong in their eyes um no matter how many times you fall they're there to pick you up and be like it's okay you're okay it's fine um this is the type of the, you everybody you this is something that everybody should have in their life and and i think like when you have when you meet people that have that that have that have this type of foundation around them. And then when you meet broken people who don't have it, I think a lot of times this is where, where the saying hurt people hurt people, right? And so a lot of times, because they don't know what, what you've been taught, right? And they don't know, you know, nobody has shown them grace or empathy, so they don't know how to give it. And so, I think like when you go into the unknown, these are things that you need to know about people. Like you can't just be like, oh, this person is rude. You have to really look at to see like, what's their norm? What, how do they grow up? What, what, what is their norm? Like, and so I think that's a tool that, that you should take into the unknown. Like just to know, know somebody, just don't automatically um, judge somebody take somebody um at face value like how sometimes you would come home crying oh this person said this about me and I just basically had to tell you like look that person said this about you but are they buying you McDonald's what are they doing for you and so a lot of times I think people get caught up on what somebody has said or what somebody would think of them and and the people don't even really have Anything, that much power over anything. Your life. Yeah, they don't have power over the over your life. They don't. If you would drop dead tomorrow, they would keep living. But the people that is in your corner is the ones that you basically should be focusing on. Those are the people that you should be focusing on. So yeah, I don't know. How no, most definitely. Thank you, mommy, for that. Um, going a little bit forward. So now we have a third party, a third member in our crew mm -hmm. named Jacoby. <laughs> Jacoby. 
<laughs> we were once a party of two, and now we are three. <laughs> Mr. Jacoby Bobby, Mance Massey. Mm-hmm. So now you are a single mother of two. What did that bring on? So now you are. We got an audience. So going a couple years forward, we now go from a party of two (laughs) to a party of three. Mm -hmm we introduced the new character to our <laughs> our good times, <laughs> Mr. Jacoby Bobby Mance Massey. Amazing. How, and now, so now you're a single mother of two, and I'm so interested in hearing this because as I'm older, we talk about, you know, your journey of that, but like, I literally, and you might disagree, but I literally look back at that time as like a mini utopia. Like, I don't think, I think, anything was wrong was going wrong with us we had this nice home I remember our apple orchard living room we had which now looking back is kind of tacky but when I was growing yes it was we had plaid red a plaid red couch with like apple pillow decor it it was no it was really nice don't do that it was very nice don't do that I mean it was very nice for the time server I guess I wouldn't do that yeah, because you're boring, but it was nice. <laughs> but I did love our Pier 1 um, bottles on the kitchen cabinet. Okay, yes. I thought that was very, very nice. Thank you. I thought that was, but we had a really nice home. Mm-hmm. We, me and Kobe, we had our own rooms. We were, they were all color coded. We had this um, rubber ducky bathroom, which I thought was really cool. We just had a really good, we had two Christmas trees. <laughs> We like I when I look back, like I just really enjoyed my life <laughs> as a kid. And I'm very interested to seeing like, was there any unknowns that maybe I didn't know about or I was like blinded to as a child that was happening with you then? No, I think I think for the most part during that time, especially with Jacoby when he came along, I just always wanted to even though I was a single parent, I didn't want you guys to really go without. So if it called for me to be without, that it was okay, that I didn't want you guys to go without anything because of my decision, because of my choice. I wanted you basically to be able uh, to have the the best of both worlds, I guess. So during that time, like I said, a lot of this stuff is just like really things that I have chosen to for, forget <laughs> but I do I know think, I, see. I do think that it was a good time I think I think that it was a good time and it and everything that I think everything that I went through at that time has prepared me for where I am today I think that it it gives me the best of both worlds so if I see a single mom I know I can I can relate I know exactly how she's feeling I know exactly uh what she wants for her kids as a single mother you want 
your kids to be successful. You want them to be good human beings. You want all of these things for your kids. And I don't care if you're married or not. I was no different. I wanted the, I wanted the same thing for you guys. It meant a lot for me. Like I knew that there was a sacrifice. So I knew that I couldn't on Friday nights where my peers were like, going out to parties and doing things like that no I know as a kid on when when school was out on Friday I knew it was certain things that I look forward to doing with my parents and so I knew that just because I'm still like in my 20s and now I'm a single parent that this is something I have to sacrifice because this is your childhood and this is your memories so I live my life like that and we created um, memories together when I came home on Friday night, my parents did not go out. So did Dory go out on Friday nights? No, she did not, right? So we went to McDonald's on Friday. Saturday, we ordered pizza. We go to we went to Blockbuster and got movies. So we did things that would, you know, that that I wanted just I just wanted you guys to have good memories. So when you grow up, you could look back and say, you know what, I had a pretty good childhood. My mom did a lot for me. Um and that's that that was my biggest that that was my biggest concern for you all I did my best I'm not perfect I did the best that I could do and I think that's what I really appreciate you for mom it's crazy because like you're saying how we box these things up and just put them away and just go on with our life and like I literally see myself getting I think I got the destiny child um a Destiny's Child first debut album, their debut album for Christmas, or I don't know when I got it, and just playing it in our dining room before we had the dining table in Mm -hmm. there and just jamming out. Or I remember when I was in fifth grade and we had to do a biome. I was doing the Arctic biome (laughs) for Mr. Frank, uh, Mr. Kirk, Mr. Kirker. And we just had that whole room putting in pen and together how we was going to create this arctic biome with the polar bears like just little memories I'm like oh my goodness that was like that was a good time that was really a good time thank you thank you for that mommy Mm -hmm. and this is the part where you say you're welcome oh you're welcome I'm sorry thank you you're 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 so welcome (laughs) not you saying so Mm-hmm. All, right. <laughs> all right and we keep on going through the timeline so as we go through the timeline I think what's beautiful about my mom's story is that with each new person that has entered our narrative well your narrative I would say I'm saying our narrative Enter <laughs> 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 your narrative a new thing has happened so when Kobe came in, I don't know if it was right immediately, but we did get that house uh-huh. um, over in Chatterton. Uh-huh. And then we meet Mr. Desmond Toure. Uh-huh. Oh, no, it was, far, it was long after that. It was long after that. The, the, the house? Desmond, yeah. Well, yeah, long after that, but like milestones we're going to talk yeah. about. I think Desmond is a big part uh-huh. to introduce. So we meet Mr. Desmond Toure. Uh-huh. And we meet him, well... I am cracking myself up talking about some we we meet him because <laughs> it was we we were literally like what's that movie with Ice Cube are you there yet mm-hmm. me and Kobe like whose mom are you talking to <laughs> we met Desmond at Eastland Mall mm-hmm. on a random day he followed us to, there you go know your man know you and your husband <laughs> he followed us to the car 
He did not like, follow oh, you to the car. He followed you. He did not follow us to the car. Don't do that. Yeah, he did. He, he stopped did us at the car. He did not. Okay, you tell it. You know your story better than me, girl. Right. Y'all just be messing our story up. No, we did not. What you saw was I met him during this time, uh, my brother, Kyron. So me and my brother decided to give each other a break on the weekend. So say like on Friday night, I would have all the kids. So I would have you, uh, Kobe, Demarie, Mikhail. And, and then Saturday midday, all you guys would go with Kyron and Danica. So on this particular day, Saturday, I don't know what why I was in the mall at that time. Um, I had took you guys there. I don't know why we were there, but that is where I met him. So we met, I met him like in the not the food court area. They used to have like little um things that kids, like little rides that kids could play on. So Makai, not Makai, Mikhail, Mikhail and Jacoby was riding on some little horses or something. You and Demarie was someplace away away down the mall somewhere you guys I walked up away because you were a little bit older than them but I had the, the two youngest ones with me so when he walked past me he said he came back and he said hey do I know you from somewhere and I thought that was the funniest because I can clearly hear that he had an accent that he was an African and I was absolutely like no you absolutely don't know me I thought that was funny because I was like no you don't know me dude so then when he took his eyes his sunglasses off he looked like Idris Elba. I oh love Idris Elba. <laughs> <laughs> like Eddie Murphy. <laughs> yeah. He looked like Idris Elba. So I was like, I think, um, so I was like, oh my God. I was like, God, you just sent me Idris Elba. So then, <laughs> so he was talking to me. So by now, because I definitely wasn't dating anybody or I didn't have anybody in my life. So for anybody to sit there and be talking to me, of course, all the kids are going to be like, uh, who is this? Who is she talking to? This is a man talking to her. Oh my God. Cause we don't see her with anybody. She's lonely. So, so of course you and Demaria done be lined it from wherever you guys are coming from. Then Mikhail and Jacoby done jumped off their toy. They ran in. And then he was like, what? Wait a minute. How many kids do you have? So then <laughs> I started laughing again. And I said, well, I just have to, I said, you know, these are my two and the other two are my nephews. So anyway, we exchange numbers. He goes on to wherever he was going in the mall. By this time, whatever we were doing in the mall, we were walking to our car. He's also walking to his car. We had parked by ourselves. We had parked by each other. So we were walking out the same door. So because you guys are foolish, not foolish, but just like crazy because you I mean, man have followed us to the <laughs> yeah because your little. kids you were like oh my god there he is there he is the guy the man's behind <laughs> <laughs> And so in your little minds, you're thinking like this dude is following us to the car. He So this is what you remember in your now grown self. You're remembering that you thought he was following us to the car, but in, in all actuality, he was really just walking to his car that was happened to be parked by our car. And we walked out the same door at the same time. So no, he wasn't following us. So that's how we met. 
and it's and I guess what really goes into it like my mom says like I really don't remember her dating anybody (laughs) other than Desmond and I really don't remember that um so when seeing that I you know that was like what you it's almost to the point like (laughs) there's an episode where like I, I can't remember what show it is but the kid was like my mommy's not beautiful. That's my mommy. Right, exactly. You know, like, <laughs> that's my mommy. What do you mean she's beautiful? She's my mom. Exactly. Don't talk to her like that. Exactly. And you guys, when y'all saw him, I don't know which one of y'all has spotted that he was behind us. Then to let the rest of you guys know, then you guys just start freaking out like he was going to kidnap us or something. So. <laughs> like abort mission abort mission surprising but a surprising no. call <laughs> oh my god right because i know we ran up like bb kids um baby kids right. i said BB exactly kids. I'm, you guys are coming um but no desmond's a big part of the reason you know you went to where you were where you are now and so let's talk about that so desmond came into the picture and I don't want to speed things up, but of course, everyone knows you got married. And then we introduced our fifth character, <laughs> our fifth character. One, two, three, four, five. Well, technically like seven, but we'll we'll stick with for the timeline of the show. We'll say fifth. Mm-hmm. So bringing in Desmond as your husband and now Destiny, mm-hmm. your daughter. Mm-hmm. And then tell me if I'm, interrupt me if I'm moving too fast. I think, I, I think I definitely... like going, if you really want to go like into the unknown, I think when I had met Desmond, I think I had decided like, okay, I really want to be in a relationship. I would love to be in a relationship, but I don't want to go through that whole dating like people think like you got to date for years I don't want to go through all of that I don't Mm -hmm. want to I just I just didn't want to do all of that I just wanted to I guess just be married so I just think like I was just really adamant about that I knew I wanted somebody because I had the two kids I wanted somebody that would accept kids that would be good around kids um so when I met him it was it was just crazy I mean it was just completely crazy I think like we met on a Saturday when I picked you guys up from Kyron that next day on Sunday he brought his two kids which is Desmond and Aline little Desmond and Aline we went out to um was it hometown buffet hometown buffet and ate and you guys were just embarrassing because we're we're not really smart people oh my gosh so I think the first question I asked do you have lines did you the see first monkeys? question I, yes have you ever seen lions elephants <laughs> do y'all have tv that is, but he was just really I, he was really really gracious and I, and it just really comes back to us not being educated about them and just really it is to me it's by design so I yeah. met him I think I met him in May I think by July we were all living together by that following April we were um married so by that following July the next July 2011 we had destiny so I think like a lot of times when you put things 
when you pray on things and you accept things and you really put your intention out there and you say, this is my intention, this is what I want. I think a lot of times what you ask for is exactly what you get, right? And so yeah. I think with Desmond, ever, ever since I have met him, it just feels like anything that has happened in the past, in the past has basically been a holding place for me in my life. So when he came, I would be completely 100% ready, right? So allowed him to get to a place where he would be ready for everything that I have to, that I had or have to give him that he would be ready at that time. And so I look at that. So like when you ask me questions like it happened way, way back, I've already, you know, re- yeah, rewrote my story to say like everything happens for a reason. There is no coincidences in life. And that maybe Ooh. if I didn't, maybe if I finished college and I never had you, would I, would I have ever met him? You see what I'm saying? So I look at everything yeah. like some people would be like, oh, that's a mistake. You did that, whatever. No, I don't regret anything because I think every step, every choice that I made led me to be where I'm sitting at right now and I'm happy I am blessed I am all of that and oh I feel like Gladys Knight should insert if ever I did the, oh no re, oh I forgot the words should ever write my life rewrite story. my, my love story yeah. for whatever reason there might be yeah. you be there you be there oh no that's beautiful because friends as you're listening my mom is very big on on stating your intentions writing down what you want praying about what you want never being like calling your girlfriend like oh I just want a man I just want this she's always like write it down ask God pray about it and it's recently with me even trying to like be in this ghetto world of dating talk calling my mom being like okay what was the things that you said that brought you Desmond or brought you you know I'm definitely nowhere near wanting to be married definitely nowhere near wanting children even though you know I think of the aesthetic of it I think like having like a child on my hip is cute but nothing more than that um (laughs) nothing more than that but it's 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 refreshing to hear like now because when I look back I went to Alabama to stay with my dad for the summer and then came back we were all living together Mm -hmm. where this was your intentions this is what you wanted this is what you prayed for exactly and even like even when we moved in together like I often tell this story like not to go too much into detail into detail I like I said I'm was really really particular in who I brought around you and Jacoby and I think I distanced myself from so many people for so long because I did not want to take anything away from you guys but I think when I met Desmond I felt like I was ready I was I I felt like I was at a place where I could do both right so I was ready for that um the way me and Desmond had moved into with each other was crazy. We had already decided at the end of my lease that I would that I would move out of out of where we were staying and that I would move in with him. So say the end of my lease was probably like in October, but in July, 
I still had a lease. But anyway, so I had just started dating this guy and he was wonderful. I mean, wonderful in every single way. Everything that I had asked for. I mean, if you would look down on the list, like what I wanted in, in a person, except for being tall, he's not tall. We're probably like the same height, but everything else, that was him, right? Um, and I knew that this dude was like, really he was really for me um I had um let me tell you a quick story I had I, I used to exercise during that time and for some reason I just started getting like short of breath so I went to the emergency room and anybody that goes to emergency room you know that and you say you're short of breath they give you a gazillion tests so they had to take like some type of scan and I have like a little growth in my lungs. So had I not been short of breath, they would have never saw it. So the hospital was like, it could just be like a bump, a bump that's been there forever. And had you not came to the hospital, we would we would never even see it. It may just been there, you know, forever. So they were like, let me send you to this pulmonologist and we're gonna watch it for six months to see if it's growing, if it's hindering anything, or, you know, if it's still staying the same size after six months, then, you know, it's just a growth, it's nothing. So on my very last visit, I was telling Desmond, like, hey, I have, you know, I just explained to him what I was doing, why I had to go to the pulmonologist, it's probably nothing, this is my last visit, if this growth is still not growing. Um, told him where it was, um, where, the part, where the appointment was. So when I get off work, I drive to the appointment, when I get into the doctor's office, who is there waiting with me, waiting on me to come to my doctor's appointment? And I was like, oh my God, this dude is serious. I was like, he is really serious. And it was like, up until then, I think when you ask for things and then it comes and then God God truly delivers it to you, delivers you that person, you question it, you become a skeptic, like, no, this is too good to be true. Like, no, he's not, he's going to change. But no, he never changed. Anyway, so I was thinking to myself, because I hadn't really been dating seriously with anybody for a while. I was like, I didn't okay, get that. Could you try again? We're, we're spending too much time. <laughs> we're spending too much time with each other. So let me give him a break because I don't want him to get tired of me. Let me give him a break. So in his mind, the break that I was asking for away from him was probably for, I guess he's probably was thinking like, I got somebody else on the side or something like that. I don't know what, but the very next day he got a U-Haul and moved my things <laughs> into his house by <laughs> himself. It wasn't two men in a truck. It was one man in a truck. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, that and I was just sitting there like what is this like what it was just I mean just to think back on it now like somebody I was telling um, one of my guests this story and they was like oh I would have been scared he sounds like a stalker I know I was like that is disturbing but (laughs) (laughs) so but ever since then we have ne- we we have not been apart I mean we've been apart by like by choice but never to say like I hate you you know we need a break or anything like that we have never been apart we've always from that day forward we have never been apart we've never separated we've never been apart in that way so go figure that's beautiful 
That is really beautiful. I'm over here all teared up like, oh, Lord Jesus. Now that's beautiful. So Desmond's in our life now. Destiny's in our life. We have um, Aline and Desmond as well, which is like my mom said, Desmond's children as well. And I mean, we were, I still feel like we were still living a life. I think what really helped welcome Desmond to us, me and Kobe, Kobe probably would say different, but I'm pretty sure he believes is the, the union of Desmond and Aline because we were all really close in age. We would stay up to maybe like 1 a.m. just doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 4 a.m. Yeah, I would be up all night. And Desmond and Aline would sleep until like 4 p.m. the next day, but you and Jacoby would still be up. Like we like would I don't know what was it. We had. had I remember one time we had like a break dance contest in the basement and we turned all the lights off and like had them. It was ridiculous. We had the time of our life and then let Demarie and them would come over. Oh, it was it was hectic. It oh, yeah. was hectic but fun. But what yeah, so nice. we have this beautiful I'm we ha- in my opinion looking in my eyes we have this beautiful family here in Ohio. We then moved to this beautiful house, a new house where all of us had room to be in and be in and to live in. And then I hear and if I'm skipping things let me know. I hear we're moving to Africa. What was that conversation? Or you know, that's what I'm saying. If I'm skipping things, come right on in. Yeah, so definitely um with Destiny, that's why her name is Destiny. That was something that was into the unknown. And I also Oh my goodness, I didn't even whoa! Yes, and, Destiny. And so to even like to look at her, um, we had decided not to have any kids when we got married. We both had said, you know what? Jacoby's going to be the youngest. He's going to be it for us, right? So my husband had a vasectomy and we we assumed that everything was good, even though we didn't go back anyway. We, I ended I was up like, mm, This is a PG. Right, I'm sorry. Podcast. So I ended up pregnant. But at, when I look at it, I don't think that I was ever really okay with not. I think I wanted to have another kid because when I found out I was pregnant, I was very, very, very happy. Even though Desmond's response was, please do not worry my head with this. But like I said, there are no coincidences on, in life. And I believe that this path, um, that the path that I'm on now I'm being guided by somebody and I can honestly 155% tell you that if destiny was not in the picture, I would not be sitting here. So I think that destiny is that glue was that was that insurance policy to to ensure that I would be where I'm at right now, because I know like everything that what we went through and as long as I was a single woman that I would be like you know what this is too much for me I'm not I didn't sign up for this your hotel is in Sierra Leone so you go so I think like everything happens for a reason and then when you look back on it you're like okay that's why that happened right so destiny is definitely into the unknown so when we had her 
I think we had her in 2011. Everything happened in sequence. 2012, we brought the new house so that everybody had their own room. Like I think at um, when we lived on Ferris, I think Aline had this place, you and Aline's room was in the basement. So now that we're, you know, in Cumberland Woods, you and Aline have your own room upstairs, not your own, yeah, your room upstairs. Kobe and Desmond had their room upstairs as well. So everybody had their own room, right? So I think it just worked for us. Um, so we just gradually moved on, right? So with that new home, a new car to accommodate us because before it was just the four kids and us. So we were able to get around like in my little Impala or Desmond's truck. But now since we have a fifth person, a fifth kid that has to have a car seat, we definitely have to have something bigger. So when you get a bigger car, you have a bigger car note. Now we got a bigger mortgage. And so not only do we have a mortgage, we also have uh, the house on Ferris, right? So now we have two mortgages. We have a car, a new car note. We have all these added expenses. And on top of that, we have Stafford Lodge in Freetown. So this is, un that this is going into a new unknown for us. So that means that we're working harder and longer for things that we are not even benefiting from. Right. So it's taken away from our family. And to me, family is number one. Family is everything to me. Like I said, money, money comes, money goes. That's my issue. But I know what's important to me and it's family. So uh, into the unknown with this, because I know that something has to give. Um, that something had to give. Um, we had the family. We were barely seeing each other. Um, money wasn't staying in the house. It was just, it was just a mess during that time. Um, but um, it was just, it was just bad. It was just really, really bad during that time. So into the unknown, now you have a choice to make. What are we going to do with Sierra Leone? Because we can't just keep sending all of our money there. We're not receiving anything in return. The business is open. We're not receiving anything in return. So what are we going to do, right? So I asked my husband, I said, you know, um, my good friend Casey had said, hey, ask your husband what he planned to do before he met you, before he had destiny. What was his intention with the hotel? Because at this point, I'm like, nobody wants to buy it. We're trying to sell it. Nobody wants to buy it. Nobody's coming to it. I'm about ready to give up because I don't see my marriage. I don't, I, this is not what I've foreseen in a marriage. So I'm ready to give up. So she was like, go talk to him. Talk to him. And I mean, it was like a light bulb went off his head. He went off. And he was like, well, my intention was I was going to drive, you know, um, do my business here and then go to Sierra Leone, sit and run my hotel. My intention was never to sit in America full time and try to run my hotel from America in Sierra Leone. That was never my intention. But I know you're close to your mom and your dad and I know you probably wouldn't go. So I never said anything. So when he said that, I was like, you know what? YOLO, you only live once. So I said, let's, and let's pay off let's pay off what we can pay off and buy and let let me let's you know give me a year to get everything together right so this is 2017 
So by the end of 2018, I resigned from my job. I think it was December 27, 2018. I resigned as a tax auditor. Um, and I was definitely into the unknown. I did not care. I listened to Steve Harvey's uh, jump, what he told the Family Feud audience. I had to listen to that every single morning. And everything that he says in that, if you're, if anybody is going into the unknown and you want another tool to take with you, listen to that Steve Harvey jump. He will get you motivated, fired up, um, and ready to jump because that's what I listen to every single morning. Um, people often ask me, was I scared? I wasn't really scared, but I knew something had to give, and I knew that my husband was working way too much, and he wasn't getting anything back in return, and I knew that that wasn't the type of life that I wanted for myself, and I knew that that wasn't the type of life that I felt like that he wanted, right? It just felt like we, it, it just felt like we were on a hamster wheel. Nothing was given up, so I decided to to jump with him and that is definitely I think that is the biggest that is to me that that was probably the biggest decision of my life and okay that by far that was it yeah I remember the conversation you being like yeah we're moving to Africa and at first I was just like oh okay because then you would say things and just be like, okay, I guess. So you will. And then you actually did. Well, you took your first trip there. And I was like, oh. No, but you should have been like, I was serious before then because I took my first trip there in January, 2019. But I think you should have known in 2018. I think you graduated college in 2018, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think 2018, I still was kind of, I think when I said it, I think that I was nervous. I think when I said it, I think I was saying something not really 100% on board. I was going through the actions. But um, I think when I went to your graduation, and I think the guy had said something to the, I think he had said something like, on your deathbed, like he was telling the graduates, like live your life. So when you die, isn't you, you're, you, you, you're on your deathbed with no regrets, right? So you need to live that type of life. Don't chase money. Don't chase fame. I mean, he said it all, but what stuck out to me was if you had to make a joke, if you were on your deathbed, what is the one thing that you will regret? Would you regret uh not going to work every day or would you you know he was just basically putting it in that way but I took it as if I was on my deathbed would I regret not leaving my job and going to Sierra Leone just to see just to see what it can be or never not going and at that point I think it was solidified that I would like to go to Sierra Leone and see what it is just to live life once right no I that's crazy I I literally wrote down um the commencement speaker for my graduation was Brandon Crum and I said I need to write him and let him know your speech motivated my mom to move to Africa I think that would really that would really it definitely did it well I had like I said I was already putting things in motion to go but when I heard him say that 
he spoke to me. It was like, it was just another person on my path to say, you're doing the right thing and to go into the unknown. And then I think like when I moved you to Philadelphia for the very first time and you was telling me like, oh, this is where you're going to do your workouts at. You were going to the gym. And then we walked to the Target by your house. And I was like, she is really about to live her life. And even though for the most part, I would say I lived my life, but I also sacrificed a lot for my kids. And I felt like going to Sierra Leone was a chance to really live my life, right? And not only was I going to live my life, but I was going to be going to run a business with my husband and, and my youngest daughter, right? And so to me, that felt like, wow, this is an adventure. This is an adventure and I'm, and I'm down for it. And I'm gonna give myself two years. And if it doesn't work, then, oh, well, I'll come back. You know, I'll come back home and I'll start over. And what, it's five years, six so, years now? No, girl. It's, I moved here 2019. So you're like three years, poor Tyler. Really? Mm-hmm. I As feel many- like you have been here for ever Uh it's been three years yep that is crazy and I wanted to go back to say when mommy first said that when Dory first said that (laughs) she was moving to Africa I just remember so many people just telling you oh my goodness why would you do that Mm -hmm. you have you ever been there Mm -hmm. and then to the point where people will come and talk to me and be like oh how do you feel about your mom moving to Africa like that's so far and me being like I was at the age where I kind of understood a little more but for a majority of my life you were a mom I mean you still are a mom but you did a lot for us where I necessarily didn't know your dreams or know this story that I know now who loves to do who loves giving tours who love who loves talking to people which is not you at all from the (laughs) that I raised up with that I grew up with but yeah and it was like this is my time my mom has been a mom her whole life and this is now her time to be just Dory Mm -hmm. she's a mom but she's most importantly Dory right yeah and and definitely going into the unknown (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah to move in moving to a different country to a new country where you don't know the language and right. you don't know the people but just like you and Jacoby I felt like I think what really and this is getting back to the importance of destiny I felt like destiny deserved to know the other side of her family she deserved to know her father's side of the family and that if I can do that so that when she gets older because you're only a kid but for so long and so when she's older when she's old enough she would be able to say I know my grandma I know my grandma Adama Berry I know my uncle Sule I know my auntie Kadik Kadik I know all of these people um and, and that meant a lot to me. And that and that meant something to me. That was another reason. And so I said, even if two years come, if two years go, 
and and we come to Stafford Lodge and it's not good, it's not benefiting us, it's not working out for us, at least Destiny had two years to be with her people. And so at least when maybe when she gets 18 or 20, she can come back and visit them and she was, you know, and they would know her and she would know them. And that meant a lot to me. Um, and so that was like one of my biggest factors. So even though I was going into the unknown, I was kind of, I had, reasons to do it mm. my reasons of going into the unknown outweighed my fears and I, I mean I definitely have fears I don't think that you could do anything without having fear right 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 because I just think even your fear all the fears that I just knew in you me, the fear of flying the fear of just being away from family uh-huh my, my support uh-huh. system the, your support system the fear of lose like just quitting your job and not knowing what's next you know that's a lot but and like you said fear I think is what keeps us even though it can be it can definitely hold you back but it's also what keeps you going forward because you're curious of okay how am I going to tackle this how am I going to overcome this so go ahead go you go. Mm-hmm. You go ahead. Go. Who is doing that? What's that? Like I said, I, I before we started this interview, I was like, nobody. There's it's Sunday, so there's nothing that needs to be fixed in the hotel. I guess I lied because somebody is obviously banging on something. I have no idea what it is or why. <laughs> <laughs> well, you sound like the meme from Beyonce. Somebody's getting fired. <laughs> <laughs> No. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So you're in Africa. You have Stafford Lodge. And like you told us in the beginning of the podcast, you have Salone Hidden Gems, which is your tour company showing the hidden gems of beautiful Sierra Leone. What is, are there any current unknowns you're in right now? I have a famous director here and he has been staying with us um, for a while and all of a sudden um, one day out of the blue I'm doing a tour in Kinema and he comes and he comes to me and say hey I have a role that I want you to play I have a part that I want you to play now I am not Taylor J Mitchell and <laughs> nor do I pretend to ever want to be her. Um, acting is not my forte. I was not, um, I was not, I'm not the type of person that goes around wanting to be on the big screen. But here I am. I'm on the big, I'm, I, I think, unless he cuts me out, he'll probably cut me out because I'm probably horrible. But they're filming a, a big movie show here called The Shuffle. Um, and I don't know where it'll be broadcast or where it'll be shown, but that is that is that was an unknown that I would have never thought that I would <laughs> go into. <laughs> oh my goodness. So it's just like since I it's like one when you go into the unknown, because it is the unknown, you don't never know what you're going to run into or what opportunities opportunities that I have um been exposed to since I've done this 
I would never turn turn around again. I mean, there's no way. There's no way. If I could speak to anybody who is trying to, to do anything that is that they think is like <laughs> altering or giving them pause, I would just say, do it. Like write your plan down. Definitely write your plan down, get a plan, write it down. But no, when you write that plan down, it's not going to go by that plan. That plan is 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 hot is 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 it's just there i think i think when you write a plan down i just think it's something that makes you feel okay to walk through the door like okay i got my plan it's so pretty i'm gonna walk through the door i'm gonna do x y and z everything is gonna go according to plan like us oh we have two years of savings not savings but two years of um, money that is going to carry us through for two years so at the end of the two years we'll still have enough money to get us back on a flight to america just in case it doesn't work out but guess what it's not showing you one everything that you didn't know had to be fixed or done before you got here so that's taking money ka-ching uh what what happens in January 2020? COVID. So with you being in a hotel, all your guests are gone. So guess what? That was going to be your income maker rate. So you have no guests. Oh, okay. In March 2020, the president, the government is going to shut down all incoming planes into Western Africa. So you're done. You're toast, right? So it's like all of these things that when you go into the unknown, all of these things happen, but you have to have that attitude and it takes me back to what Emmanuel and Heidi said and I don't think that I ever believed it but everything always works out in the end you just literally be patient just watch it a lot of times people be trying to fix things be an observer just watch it just go with it just see how it's going to play itself out instead of always trying to fix things and especially when you're into the unknown and especially when you know the way that life works that everything is going to work out to to your benefit that's going to benefit you and so if you believe that and that's what you walk into that your unknown would be okay and to know whatever you do just as long as you don't really kill anybody or anything like that your choices can you can change any you know you can you can make that choice to pivot and say okay well it didn't work out this way okay well COVID's here so let me do x y and z what else can we do and to know that everything is always going to work out i mean i can everything always works out some way somehow some guy is going to send you something that's going to that's going to save you just like when i was telling you about covid and um the they had shut the borders and everybody could nobody come in nobody could come out i sat here because i was like I don't, I'm not going, I, I've done so much to get this hotel to a point where it's functional. If somebody would come, they would be happy. I'm not going because it may go back, right? So I sat here and allowed all the planes to leave, even though Desmond was begging me to come home. Everybody was begging me and I was like, absolutely not, right? So I'm here, something happened and I kind of got scared. Fear got the, the better of me, right? Luckily for me, when when I had when I heard this one particular news, it prompted me to say, okay, I think I need to leave. How can I get out of here and there's no more planes? Once again, 
there was a plane that evacuated me and my daughter out of here and we got on that very first plane and we did not have to pay not one dime on a ticket to evacuate us up out of here every plane that came in after that to evacuate people Americans that were still here they had to pay three thousand seven hundred and fifty dollars per ticket so if me if I would have waited just one week later to contact the embassy that would have been seven thousand five hundred dollars for me and destiny so it's like everything always works out in the end it always works out in the end um and so I, I think like if people know that when they're going into the unknown, don't start freaking out. And another thing, like my husband, like I'm more like an optimistic optimist and my husband is a pessimist, right? So a lot of times I have to keep telling him like, look, it's over. Like if you can't cry over spilled milk, it's done, it's broken. You have to move on. So what's your plan B? Let's go for it. But I think that's what a lot of times people stay in the past too long. And stay with a relationship that may not be benefiting them, that may not give them what they're looking for, hoping that it would change. And they're they're changing for the other person, but is that other person changing for you? Does that other person hear you? So when you go into the unknown, you have to always think, this is what's best for me, right? And you don't have control over anybody. So you have to go forward. And so I think that's one of the biggest things that people should take away too when you go into the unknown just make your choice whatever that choice is whether it's good or bad whether it's a fail or a pass you made that choice own it if it doesn't work out be like okay well I know not to do it this way next time let me do plan b right and I that's what a lot of people that get hung up on where they may walk through the door with their little pretty uh, plan that's wrapped up in a nice little bow, little package. And then when they walk through the door, the wind takes their package, their plan away. And they just immediately start freaking out instead of saying, okay, well, I done got on the other side of the door. What can I do? What's my plan B, right? And just really, I think you need to meditate you need to pray. You need to listen to the signs. You need to watch the people that are coming into your life. People come into your life for a season and a reason, right? So what is this person bringing to you, right? Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, mom, thank you so much for coming, taking your time this Sunday, taking away from packing and the work of Stafford Lodge to see um, Stafford Lodge and Salone Hidden Gems. Thank you. So we are here at the Tay Formation segment of our episode. What is a Tay Formation? A Tay Formation is a Tay Talk exclusive affirmation used to help you get you through your personal unknowns. So my mom has definitely dropped a lot, a lot of them. So I'm very interested in seeing what is your one Tay Formation that you use to get you through all of these different unknowns that you went through. Okay, so I'm going to read one of them. I guess, can let me do two real quick. I know you say I'm too long, but my very first one is 
everything always works out in the end for you, for your benefits, for your benefit. If you just trust the process, know that everything happens for a reason, that there are no coincidences in life. Everything happens for a reason. That's it. Okay. So my information is by setting forth your clear image of the life you want to live, you will prepave a smooth and pleasant path for yourself. I am allowing myself to pay attention to what I want. That's my, that's my affirmation, my affirmation that I say to myself all, all the time, just to check in with myself. Is it something that I really want? And so I try to set forth that clear image of, of what I want. And I try to be clear. Say with that. that all again. Say that, that, that tape formation all again, just so we can really, like we heard it the first time, but now we need to feel it. By setting forth your clear image of the life you want to live, you will prepave a smooth and pleasant path for yourself. I am allowing myself to pay attention to what I want. Mm. I'm allowing myself to pay attention to what I want. That's beautiful, mom. Mm -hmm. That's so beautiful. Thank you again, mom, so much for coming out. Thank you again, Dory. I'm trying to keep it professional for coming out and speaking to us. But before we leave, there's another piece of the puzzle of Dory Sharice Massey to Ray that we wanted to include before we ended our show. Mom, would you like to take that away? Sure. And share your brief story. And I think like during this interview, the, the one thing that I want people, if they can hear my story and just compare it hopefully to what they're going through in their life and just know like once you step into the unknown, um, that you it's so many surprises that if you had never taken that chance or never walked that path, you would never even know. Um by being here in Freetown um, and having a lodge, by by a fluke just encounter, um, I had a group of African Americans that had chased traced their DNA um, back to um, Sierra Leone. They were Sierra Leonean men, Timoney, Timney people. Um, Desmond, my husband, is a Timney. So after talking to them and really vibing with them, I don't think that you really know how much you miss people that speak your your language until until that those people come to you so anyway they came here to the lodge and we really got along really really good I never really felt the need to take to know my African ancestry I felt like if I wanted a Sierra Leone passport I would eventually get it um, by living in Sierra Leone for five years residency or by um, applying for it as a spouse of a Sierra Leone through my husband um, I don't think I really needed to know from another point of view um, about my heritage because I felt like since living in Sierra Leone that all black people for the most part came from Western Africa. And I was okay with that. I didn't think that I had to pay the amount of 
that the test would cause for African ancestry. Um, I, I just wasn't interested. But anyway, after getting caught up in the moment with these, with, with my new friends, my new Timney friends, Mustafa, Mildred, May, Nadia, um, um, Ashante, Kiera, all of them, I went to um, African ancestry um, cocktail party, met the founder, and she was like, you absolutely would want to know where you're from. And she's like, African ancestry is completely different because we're only going through your maternal line, through your maternal line. So needless to say, I went to her hotel, paid the money, and she took my kit back to, um, to Washington with her when she returned. Um, this was like in April of last year. So I've already been living in Sierra Leone for about two years at this point. And so... I was, um, I'm working, I work with a couple of um, um, NGOs here. So one of them were Cameroons. And so everybody that was on the call that were Cameroonian, they had a gap in their teeth, like I have a gap in my teeth. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to come back, I'm going to be Cameroon, but it'll be okay. So I'll do a Stafford Lodge in uh, Cameroon. It came back in August, 2021, that I was a Sierra Leone Mendez. So after all of this, Desmond thinking that he had married a Black American and that he was bringing somebody to Sierra Leone, but he was actually bringing me back home. And so now his country is also my country. December 2021, I was handed my passport, my citizenship based on my Sierra Leone DNA from my ancestor that was taken from here so long ago. I was presented with a passport by my president, um, President Matabio, based on that DNA. So like I said, whenever you go into the unknown, you never know what surprises are there for you. Some good, some bad, but just know just to keep on going, just to keep pushing through. Um, find your helpers, find people that will help you and you'll be okay. Okay. I am literally crying. Whatever. <laughs> I am literally crying. You said he thought he was marrying an African, a black, black American woman, and taking her back to taking her to his home when he was bringing you back home. Mm -hmm. And that's what the unknown will do. For yes, you. it's so many that's things. Okay. So as she said, you all, not only is she Sierra Leonean, I am also Sierra Leonean. Come correct. Don't mi miss me with that Black American. I am African. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you all so much for tuning in to Tay Talk, the podcast. This is our last guest of the season, and I'm so I couldn't think of anyone better for it to be than my mother. So I thank you all so much. And I will definitely be doing a mini check-in to end off the season. But until next time, take care, be blessed, stay stress-free. See you soon. Thanks for joining us on Tay Talk Into the Unknown. As always, subscribe to the show to catch every new episode and leave us a review so we can continue to bring you fresh content. See you next time in the unknown.